Hello, and welcome to Connecting with Mike and Adrian. We will explore stories and personal experiences that have strengthened our connections in hopes that they strengthen yours. Hello, and welcome to Connecting with Mike and Adrian. We are your hosts, Adrian Olson and Mike Olson. I'm super excited for today's topic because playing games, playing together, gaming has been a huge thing for our family throughout all of the years and a big, big way we connect. Yeah, and we look forward to it all the time. I I know that, you know, when the kids were little, when we were growing up individually, we just played games. And and now as we come together as a family and friends, uh, now that we're moving slowly past the pandemic, getting together again to be able to play the games, to dig them out. uh, And there's so many types of game things we'll be talking about that. It's good to be together, playing together once again. Yes, and just... Games in general have taken up a lot of our family's free time. I would say that it's probably a go-to activity for us. When when thinking about what to do together, how to spend quality time together, most of us point toward, hey, let's let's play a game. Let's play together. Something. This is definitely in the top five things that we're going to be planning as an activity. Yes, for sure. So we thought it would be great to start with why we think games are so important or things that we've gotten out of them as a family for spending time in that way. And I think games, all kinds, are really, really rich in skill building. Yeah, they give us the opportunity to learn a bunch of different things, right? Yes. What individual skills, you know, so each person that is coming toward the game is learning their own personal, they're adding to their toolbox of skills personally. And then together, relationally, there are just so many skills to learn about. So starting with individual skills, I think back to when I was a child or when our kids were little. And the first basic skill you learn playing games, I think, is just reading and vocabulary. Mm -hmm. Whether it's sitting down with a new game, getting out the instruction sheet and reading it. Figuring out the rules. Right. Rules, following rules, that's another skill you learn. But if you're playing a game that involves um, drawing a card and reading the directions or reading your next step, All that reading, you could talk about vocabulary, what does that mean, and you could just learn so much about the world by all of the reading you do when you play games. So as kids are growing up, that's a great way to introduce new vocabulary and expose them to other ways of being. Right, and and there's math because oftentimes you have to do calculations on something or calculate odds. Right. If yes. you're, you know, if you're playing a game, you're like, oh, how many of those pieces are left? Uh, how many of those cards are left if you're playing strategic games? Or, you know, if you're doing battling games, you know, how many hit points? You know, what are the rolls of the dice? So well, numbers even play just, a part of it, right? Even just at the end, adding up scores. Right. Adding up yeah, points. Yeah, the basics of adding up those points. Yeah, yeah, whether it's cards or dice or victory points or whatever Yahtzee with your bonus round yeah yeah (laughs) a lot of a lot of math both both easy addition subtraction math and critical thinking math absolutely right yeah um some of the earliest games you play i think well and even more 
difficult games um, can help with memory. Yeah. So, some games are actually in under the term. Um, this is a memory game. Like if you're flipping two cards over to find the pair, to find a match, right. then you have to remember where things are. As you were talking about the math, I think that's one that I struggle to work on when we play <laughs> games because I'm not as good as counting the cards. Like, oh, I'm I'm going for this goal, but I don't realize those cards have already been played because I'm not counting the cards. Right. But, so that involves memory, right? Remembering yes. what has been played, remembering who has which cards or what your family is goals are going towards, all that mm -hmm. involves building your memory and working on that. And I think that's a really important, you know, skill for our brains. I mean, because yeah. memory, you know, it's, as, and as we age, even more so, you and I, but but it's it's definitely important. And it helps in so many different aspects of our life, being able to learn how to remember things, teaching yourself how to remember things, uh, mnemonics, memory aids, what, what are the steps or tricks that you use to help remember something, right? So as, as we're playing those memory games, you're doing the matchup, you know, I'm looking at the grids. And I'm and for me, I'm visually placing that piece in a mental map and drawing a picture on a board in my head. But everybody's going to do it differently, right? So how do you remember those things? And that takes practice again and figuring out how to do that. So, so a great... A great logical reasoning for continuing to play games throughout your life because, you know, as a child, you're just trying to learn how to memorize, which could help you in school or, right. you know, those kinds of things. And as an adult, as we age, great to practice that memory skill and keep it sharp. Right, because you go through school, you graduate, and then please don't stop learning, right? We need to keep learning. We need to keep exercising our brains and, and not be idle because I think it's good health for us. It, it helps, I think, longevity. I mean, I don't have the scientific proof, but but it's it. I know it helps me if I engage and challenge myself mentally. I feel more alert, where if I'm just not doing that, then then it's like, oh, it's another day. So, right. so I, I think those things are important. And, and individually too, I think as times change, technology is now into game playing as well. So that's a huge individual thing to learn. So um, are you working with your iPad or your computer playing computer games? And, and what do you need to do that? What are the different pieces that you need? You know, um, you know, early on, we're playing with the, the handheld games, playing playing football. I remember that in, in oh, elementary yeah. and junior high school. The, that was the, the big thing. The line that just line. went up and <laughs> yeah. down. That was so thrilling. Right, exactly. You know, Pong. I mean, we've come yeah. a long way long. since all of those types of games. But, but it does involve a technology piece. And that is a skill um, that is sometimes challenging for people and is required if you're going to play those type of games. So that's a, that's a good thing, too, is to, to try your hand at learning technology, learning how these things work, asking for help. Don't be afraid to ask for help. Don't be afraid to ask over again. So, yeah, a lot of individual skills. Right. Another individual skill is just problem solving. Yeah, right. Right? As you're playing a game and it's unfolding, maybe you have a strategy and then halfway through you need to change or alter your strategy. And how do you do that in real time? What are the, what is the end goal? Is it points? Is it, you know, whatever that may be. And then how in your brain do you want to solve the problems that are presented when you're playing a game? Yeah, I think that's incredibly important for life too, because 
doesn't life throw us turns in the game, right? So to be able to adapt in gameplay, I think is a lot like being able to adapt in life. Right. Then if you can translate those skills outside of the gaming and playing to your life, how much better? How much better? Yeah. Because how many times have I had, you know, a strategy all worked out? I'm like, oh, I got this in the bag, (laughs) you know? And then, and then something changes, you know? Right, only it's to like, have oh. one of the other players throw a big wrench in that, right. and then you have to switch gears and change it up and, right. and adapt. I love that adaptation, too. One thing that I've been noticing as we've been playing games with younger children again, yes. you know, neighbors and friends' kids, and because um, I've forgotten since our kids, I think a big skill you learn playing games and playing together is honesty yes. and integrity. And just having it be okay to make a move or a play that is not in your best interest and you lose. Yeah. Or um, I've just been noticing how it's just so tempting to slush a card or, you know, pretend a die fell on the floor in order order to (laughs) re-roll or, you know, just those little tweaks that are just genuine and honest because we're so driven to to compete in a game, but that honesty piece and and saying let let let's if you if you don't win it's okay there's going to be winners and losers and right because what is the goal of the game right yeah. I think we all probably like to win but what is the bigger goal is the bigger goal the relationship the having quality time with each other certainly I hope not to reinforce bad behaviors of of uh, sloughing cards and and playing less than honest because because who wants to win that way anyway it's it's a it's a short-term gain you know when you when you when you cheat so yeah so so definitely yeah that 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 is a a relatively new thing again seeing that happen and that's part of life that's part of growing up learning learning to play honestly and play by the rules that's play by the rules yeah Mm -hmm. yeah and and sometimes you know the rules can be challenging i mean you look at the the level of games that we play today. Games have advanced a lot since checkers. Wow! <laughs> you know, as far as complexity, not not that there isn't strategy in checkers. There definitely is. And, and we still do but, entertain ourselves with some of those games that we consider quote un, air quotes easier. Right, right. But the amount of rules, like like when I when I'm learning a new game, the first thing I want to know is because this is how my brain works: is okay, how do I win the game? <laughs> Is is it victory points? Is it more of this, more of that? Is it a balance of something else? Is it getting to the end first? Tell me that. Is it so helping that I, my partner do something? Right. Or, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because I, I need to know that mentally before I – because when you tell me the instructions, that will help me then create my strategy once I know what the end game is. So tell me the end game first, and then work let's back, work backwards. you got to yeah, work backwards Yeah, yeah that. I, that's, that's how I got to do that. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so relational skills – on so many things that you learn. You learn to wait your turn. Right. How that can be hard. Oh, <laughs> so hard with for the kids and sometimes adults to wait your turn. Yeah, because you're thinking ahead, you're planning. And then, you know, for me, I sometimes lose my place. I'm like, okay, who who just went? Yeah. Wait, did I go? <laughs> Whose turn is it anyway? Normal distractions <laughs> or just maybe that's a memory issue as well. It could Whose be. Turn? Could is be. it my turn? Right, exactly. So, uh, so yeah, looking to spend that time together builds the relationship because I think ultimately for us that that is the goal. Let's have fun together. Let's play games. Sure, I want to win. Sure, you want to win. 
but the goal is to to not lose the relationship over the game. Never do I want a game to get in the way of how we relate together as a family or as friends, because that's more important than the dumb game, right? And I'm going to call it a dumb game when it gets to that point, because then, then it's no longer fun. So, so the relationship should always be first, I think. Right, and those relational skills, I think, especially for our kids, learned to have good sportsmanship yeah. and celebrate a win for someone else who really went over and above and had a great game. Exactly. Like, hey, great, great game. GG, GG, yeah. Yeah. I mean, how great is it that at the end, even though you did not have the most points or have the most monopoly whatever uh, hotels on a space or <laughs> yeah, whatever right. whatever Flashback, the end, right? whatever the end goal is to then say to whoever did great game you that was really great yeah, and good how, strategy yeah and maybe maybe we could learn from that <laughs> right hey what was your trick <laughs> right yeah. right yeah when i think back to our, our when our kids were young um you know i taught them how to play chess and that that was a challenge I mean, chess is a complicated game. There's a lot of pieces to it. I played it when I was young, uh, played in a chess club. I wasn't great, but I was a decent chess player. I didn't throw myself into it and totally submerse myself, but I enjoyed the strategy of the game. I enjoyed thinking so many steps ahead and trying to figure things out and all the what-if scenarios. And, and then teaching them how to play, I think really was helpful to them to learn how to win and lose graciously, especially the losing part. Because when we played chess, I did not hold back. I, you know, I would talk to them about the game. I would say, are you sure you want to do that? Have you looked everywhere possible? <laughs> are you really sure? You know, so I would give them little hints like, hey, you know. Maybe they shouldn't make that maybe move. Maybe you should make that move. And by the way, the world is going to end soon on this chessboard. But I never, ever let them win. Until they earned it. Until they earned it. Absolutely. Until they knew. Yeah. Yeah. And and, and there were tears shed when dad oh, beat them repeatedly and that repeatedly. That was never repeat- really pretty. <laughs> yeah. Until they finally won because they really knew that they had skilled up enough yep. to beat you. They honestly beat me. Yeah. Yeah. And the funny thing is, we don't play chess that often anymore. No, that's what, no, you played when they were like in elementary school, upper elementary school, and then we moved on to other games, which we did, is we fine. Did. But I think that was a great relational skill as well, that you're not always going to be the winner. Yeah, and to take that into your life, to learn how to handle losing graciously, yeah. right? And to, and to, like you said, to say, hey, good game, great job, um, boy, you really did well. And that, that takes time. It's hard to lose. Who likes to lose? Yeah. yeah, that's a tough thing. I think these relational skills also involve just spending quality time together and bonding and being able to talk about other things in your life as well. We have a lot of friends who enjoy playing games. And so when we've gotten together for New Year's or camping, we're Almost always someone in the group or more more someone's, more groups are, are playing a game together. Mm-hmm. And we would have the kids play with the adults. And so that caused bonding between adults and kids. And at first, when they were really little, we would partner with them and play as a team yeah. to help them learn a game. And boy, before you know it, we blinked and they're playing 
at a kid table, they're playing harder games than we're playing, or they're playing and bringing us challenging games like, hey, do you want to play this game with me? And Right. They're looking for new games all the time. Uh, they're buying games on Kickstarter. Yeah. It's just it's a really a great way to bond and spend time. It really is. Yeah. And there are so many different types of games out there. I mean, I mean, if we look back, I mean, there's always been lots of games, but boy, it just seems like it's really exploded as far as the different games as, that are available. Yeah, the options, good way to put it. You know, I mean, there's the basic things like, like puzzling. Uh, that's a great thing to do together. Card games. I remember uh, being a kid and we would go up to a cabin. We'd rent a cabin once a week in the summer and be up there with the grandparents and the, you know, I, of course, love the sunny days when you're out there fishing and, and you're swimming, right? But I really enjoyed the nights or the rainy days because we would sit inside the cabin and we would play card games upon card games upon card games, you know, 500 Rummy, or then we'd go to Yahtzee or, you know, I just really remember those times fondly yeah, uh, with some my parents of my and best, grandparents and stuff. Right? Yeah, I was going to say that some of my best memories are playing cards with my grandmother. Yeah. She, she enjoyed that. I don't know that she would have played board games necessarily with us but cards were something she would she would teach you any kind of card game you'd want to know rummy and uh kings in the corner and all all kinds of crazy eights i mean all kinds of card games that i haven't that, that even that was a generational thing too i think maybe. right maybe yeah because they didn't have maybe all these games checkers or, obviously or media all the, right. all the extra media things so <laughs> exactly. you you played cards at night or you played cards with your friends with your down friends. the block with the neighbors and yeah. things so Yep. So cards were big. Of course, board games, uh, computer video games. So I guess those would maybe be the broader categories of games. Um, We've played some dice games. Some games yep. involve just dice. Just dice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and other games are board games that have dice. And I mean, it's yeah. very complex now. So, so there's a there's a lot of mix, uh, and there's all types of different types of board games and other games out there, like you know, worker worker placement, where you're setting. Uh, these what we call meeples, so little characters then out on the board. Uh, games yeah, those like, little pieces. Yeah, little pieces that, that, that come that, that in the signify, game. Yep, are called meeples. They're called meeples. So I don't know. Meep, yep, meeples, little peoples. I don't know. But they're they're yeah, they're, 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 they're they're little characters that that you play. So if you have not heard the term meeples, what that is is your character that you're going to place on the board, and it's going to hold an area or do something for you. And so. We play a lot of those games, uh, like Carcassonne and Catan uh, is probably one of my favorite ones of that style. Um, co-op games, relatively new. I mean, certainly new to me. But the minute the kids brought a co-op game in, I was like, oh, I am on board. We all are playing and we have an individual role. Right. But we're playing really against the game, not each other. So that was like a mind shift. <laughs> That's a whole different dynamic, right? Right, yeah. So co-op games. Yeah, cooperative. So you're not playing against each other. You're playing with each other against the game, typically. Yeah. So those have been a lot of fun. Uh, so pandemic was, well, was kind heard, of ironic. Yeah. So that you know that game has been around for quite a while. And that came out almost like right before. It was years before, but yeah, the but it's been pandemic around. Pandemic hit. Been around. Now it has now it has a newer meaning for <laughs> exactly folks. exactly. Uh, and then other co-op games we played like like Gloomhaven. I've played with the kids and uh, Code Names. That's a great game. Uh, not a lot of pressure, not a lot of thinking, but a lot of fun to play together as Code Names. Uh, deck building games, uh, Dominion, 
That has so been that's a, card, card that's a card game where you, you are drawing and yeah, and card adding, drafting, building a deck, building your deck, yep, for, and then playing with against it against other people, uh, going for those victory points. That is a classic game. That's probably one of my favorites. And there's so many expansion sets there. Uh, then there's you know combat games like Star Wars Rebellion. I guess you could throw a risk into that category too. Uh, mystery games like Clue, the original Clue. Remember oh, playing that forever? Yeah. Love that game. Uh, a fairly simple, but yet there's a lot of thinking that needs to go into that game. Um, like deductive reasoning, deductive reasoning, and paying attention to what other people are doing to me- learn the backside of the game. Yeah. In case you you ask the same person, same weapon, same room, and you're <laughs> right? like, don't you remember? You just asked that. Yeah, it really you helps to take good notes. Uh-huh. So, yep. So those kind of games, uh, area control, uh, risk would probably be the original on that one. I remember playing, we would play risk for hours and hours and hours and hours. That, and it was a good time. Dice, you know, that's dice rolling competition. That's combat also. And, uh, and then, of course, now there's, there's legacy games, and legacy games are the type of game that the game changes the mechanics. Something happens in the game which changes how the gameplay goes, and it changes permanently. And so also Pandemic falls into that category, Gloomhaven, and others fall into this category. So, And there's so many more. That That's just some of the types that are out there and variations and combinations that are Yeah, of. we're just really speaking of the ones we've had personal experience with, which certainly is not the whole gamut. Of, yeah. of what is available or possible. So, you know, the people are saying, oh, what about this? What about that? We, we just haven't had the experience or the pleasure of playing those. So bear with us. Yeah, right? the, and there's, there's so many. And I think it's growing and growing and growing more. I think game playing in general, I think, has grown quite a bit to be even a bigger industry than it ever was right now. It just, at least it seems that way to me. I don't have the dollar figures, but game playing, um, I, I think it's so important to spend that time together. Uh, the pandemic definitely uh, made that a challenge, but, but to look forward to that time to build together as a family, to get together with your friends and to spend some quality time together, right? Maybe put down the phone and pick up a game and play with each other. So we thought we might take a section and just talk about our favorite games or our favorite activities or our favorite play. Yeah. And mine probably has to be jigsaw puzzles. And I want to start with that because I feel like they're sort of in this category of playing, but they're not game. It's playing together. It, yeah, yeah. So it's a it's a little different. I think it has a lot of validity to what we're talking about, but it's not exactly like a board game. So mm-hmm. um, I just wanted to talk about jigsaw puzzles because I have loved puzzling and doing that activity my whole life. And uh, it started out my mom would usually buy a thousand piece puzzle normally during the two week holiday when we were in school when you're home over Christmas break right yep. or winter break right and we'd lay it out on the dining room table and and we'd work on a puzzle so we sort of um, continued that tradition here at our house but we turned one of our game tables into just a puzzle table so almost year round there's a puzzle um, going right. yep. at our house, we've had to get a little um, creative about it and have a plywood that covers it up so that the cats don't 
lay on it, steal pieces, have pieces running around the house in their fur, because there's nothing more frustrating than getting to the end of your puzzle and having one piece missing. Right, that that a child didn't happen to have in the right. pocket on purpose. <laughs> right, that's a whole, that's a story for another day. But I like to puzzle alone and with others. I'll just say, there's nothing better for me than getting up, making a cup of coffee and sitting with a puzzle and just kind of zoning out and and working on that. I love to sometimes just listen to an audiobook or one of my favorite podcasts. Sure. I love to listen and work on a puzzle because I can do that concurrently. Yeah. That makes sense to me and it really feels relaxing. I know sometimes for people it's it's stress inducing. Don't do puzzles if they're stress inducing. They are meant to be fun. One thing that we've just been introduced over the last few years are wooden laser cut puzzles that are thicker than a normal yeah, they're about a quarter inch there. Flat. So, yeah. yeah. Well, those are unique themed cutout pieces that is so satisfying to slide the two pieces together and fit because they're so exact. I can't even describe how satisfying <laughs> how satisfying this is. So, like, one, the first one I got was a field of sunflowers. And Challenging there. A lot of the pieces ha- were like bee shaped or other flowers shaped or things that had to do with the sunflower field. Mm-hmm. And until you looked them over, it's almost cooler to look at the pieces on the backside so you couldn't see the pattern and, and to right. see the actual shape and people like people carrying little water containers and like, I mean, it's just very artistic, so artistic, so entertaining on so many levels. So I just love to do puzzles by myself. I also love to do puzzles with anyone else who enjoys a puzzle. So we usually have a puzzle at new year's. We usually have puzzles at our house and it's fun to just have people join in. You can Join and leave. There isn't like a start and an end time like some games. Yeah, it's whatever works for you. Yeah, so so there's that continuous. You could always join or always be done if you if you want to walk away from it. It's also a really great time for me to sit with one, two, however many people, and have a great conversation because it is more like parallel play. I'm puzzling. You're puzzling. And we're working on this goal together in front of us. Cooperative. And as you're looking for pieces and things, sometimes it's a really good place to have deep, meaningful conversations because you're not just sitting and looking eye to eye at one another. Somehow it frees you up to discuss and have great conversation about things maybe you wouldn't be sharing about, I find. Yeah, and it's, I don't know, I always enjoy it. I mean, you were puzzling this morning. Uh, yes, I was. <laughs> came home from my walk, and, and there you were puzzling. Uh, so I know it's it's great therapy, to, to and it's great for the mind to find those, and the satisfaction of finding that piece when you finally find it. Uh, and, uh, you know, yeah, I, I think it's a great thing to do together. It really is. And there, there are different types of puzzles, you know, as far as being complex, not complex. Start with a 500-piece. Start with a 100-piece. Well, well, whatever kids, you want to do. I mean, yeah. you know, Autumn was our real big puzzler. I had 
I mean, even when the kids were really, really little, you had like six open spaces and the wooden blocks that had little knobs that stuck oh, out yeah, and right. they would and try to just mm-hmm. and that was more of like a matching can you turn the shape to yeah. fit like it's a hexagon and you're trying to just fit it in the right a dexterity kind the, of thing yeah in the space then it moved to like 24 piece puzzles right. right and then and then so yeah you're right there's any number of complexity or simplicity choices out there but if you want to know about those wooden puzzles i'll hook you up yeah, you will. And the strategy is different with wooden puzzles as well. Yes, it is. <laughs> so, all right. So puzzles are great. Uh, when I think about favorites, gosh, there's been so many. We were talking about this before the show, and I was like, well, which one are my favorites? I'm like, well, they rotate. They, they really do. I mean, it's like some classic favorites, you know, like uh, Chess, uh, Risk way back when, Catan, uh, you know, Dominion, Like always like that. Um, but I always enjoy a good game of Farkle. You know, Farkle is a, a dice rolling game uh, where you're, you know, pushing the limits a little bit, trying to get that best roll to maximize your points. Um, and then there's variations of Farkle. Spicy Farkle is probably my favorite because that makes it spicy after a while. Once, you, uh, once everybody gets on the board uh, and then you bring in these multipliers and that's a lot of fun. I really enjoy that. And to be able then to push the luck if somebody's coming around with a really large roll and uh, we play push so that you can continue that if you want and risk it or, or, or lose it. So I don't know. Farkle is just a lot of fun. And it's one of those games that you can, again, have conversation with. There's not high strategy here. <laughs> it's, it's, it's Well, that, that's what I was going to say. The, the fun part about Farkle is really anyone can play any age could right, learn, any age. could learn Farkle because the table can help add the points or suggest what they should hold or re-roll again. But it really is luck and really not is. not as much strategy. No, no. It's like, uh, what are my chances of getting, you know, something, a one or a five or something that's going to play? You know, sure, there's some of that. But, yeah, it really is luck. So that's a lot of fun. Uh, lately, we've been playing a lot of Seven Wonders. That's a game that's been around for a long time. But, uh, but we haven't played it all together here as a family, but we've been doing that now, and we've been uh, adding expansion kits. So expansion kits, for those who don't know, is that once you get the base game and you've played that, you can buy other kits that go with it, which add more players. They'll maybe add more complexity, uh, more options to go with that game. and Additional so, boards or additional cards or... yeah different ways to, to change the game up a little bit. And so that's always fun. So we're, we're looking for that. Um, as I look back at some of the favorite things we've played, you know, I was thinking back to when the kids were, were young and we would play some video games. Now, we would always limit their screen time when they were much younger, but we would also then play some of these games together as a family. So I remember uh, would play Tony Hawk. I mean, that was a huge video game. We would play that. The skateboarding. The skateboarding, right? Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Um, then as a family, we would play Harry Potter on the on the PS2. And we would, <laughs> That's a we would take <laughs> Yeah, we would take turns and, uh, you know, trying to get through all the different challenges together uh, to get to the end because it was a common thing and we, we all enjoyed it. I'd go and uh, make nachos and bring down a plate of nachos, and we would just spend the afternoon playing this game together. Even though it's an individual-type game, we turned it into a family event. And I think we all look back on that fondly because it comes up every once in a while. We say, oh, yeah, remember we played Harry Potter? And Yeah, we have some inside jokes about it, and it's a great way for 
again, taking turns because you let one person play for a little while and they say, oh, hey, dad, you try now or right. you try to get through this next obstacle or puzzle. And so you're really playing a one player to the end goal game, but you're taking turns while you're doing it. Right. That one that one is really fun, those early video games. And really nothing better than joining them, even if you don't want to take hold of the controller, and just asking about the game and having that interaction and discussion about, why is this your favorite game? What do you like about it? Right, and engage and play with them. Yeah. Yeah, get into the game. Instead of, that's just something they're doing in their room or... In the basement. Right. Yeah. It's not just their thing. Make make it make it your thing too. Yeah. Do you have any other favorites that you can think of? Well, my favorite card game to play is a little game called Play Nine. Again, it's a little bit more a game of chance and luck. It's uh cards and matching. Again, my favorite thing about that game is that I can play it's not too serious. Mm-hmm. It's not too high stakes that I feel like I can let my mind wander a little bit <laughs> and have great conversation with a group of friends while I play. And you can join in different rounds. You play to the end. So there is a beginning and an end. It's not a, you know, long-term commitment uh, so that if you need to go do other activities, you can play just a few hands. Right. And so it's just a great, always have a little box of play nine handy. Yeah. Yeah. And that's been a fun game that we've played for years uh, with, with a lot of different friends and also known as golf. So if those of you, you may have played that game. With a regular with deck regular of cards. With regular deck of cards. It would be two decks of cards. You would play that called golf. But the formal version of that, or I should say purchase version of that would be play nine. So that's fun. Uh, another one that came to mind was the Great Del Moody. Oh, I love the Great Del Moody. Love so, playing that. So this is a, ga- a card game. Then uh, where you get a, you can have a large group of people, very large. You know, we play eight, nine, ten people sometimes. And with you, one deck. With one deck. <laughs> and you use, which is stretching the limits of the game. You're not supposed to play that many, but it works. We made it work. And you play around and it's all about um, status. It's a social status game, really, is what it's all about. And the goal is to be the great Del Moody and to control the tricks, essentially, is what you want to do to win this game and to retain your position and not get knocked off your your lofty peak. And, and we would take it to the point where the great Del Moody would wear a hat of some kind. And, and the person next to them would be the greater peon. And then you'd have the merchants in between and lesser peon and so forth. And so definitely it's, you know, a, like a class type game. But it was just done in fun. And the goal is to just try to work your way to the top. And the way we played it too was that if you were the great Del Moody, you could say, hey, go get me some chips. Or, hey, I need another drink. Go get me a pop. And then... It would tell each person down the line, and of course, the greater peon has to go fetch whatever it is. But we just had a lot of fun with that game, and so many laughs and jokes <laughs> yeah. about that. And yeah, some people that are just fine to stay in the middle in the merchants, and other people that really want to stretch themselves and try to be the great Del Moody. And yeah, it's it's a great card game for a wide variety of folks to play together. It is, yeah, and and there's definitely strategy to it, but it's not. Super hard, high strategy. It's it's really knowing how to play card games like hearts. If you play hearts well, you probably do well The Great Del Moody. Yeah. 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 Great <laughs> skills to, to learn as well. I love that our kids want to teach us new games all the time. Yeah. Uh, they're constantly bringing new games and activities to us 
to learn and play. Caleb has just introduced us to Japanese Mahjong. Not a new game, but new for well, us. New to us. Yep. And it is not, unlike my preconceived notion, anything like the matching tile game on your computer. Right. That is not that is indeed not Mahjong. That's a matching thing. And some of the tiles are the same pictures, the numbers and the seasons and like that. that. Right. So there, there's some similarities, but this game has a lot of complex rules and we do have some cheat sheets, but it just reminds me to always be willing to learn something new. Yeah. And this is something he's passionate about and was super excited to share with us and totally willing to teach us to right. have that role reversal. Like, hey, I, you taught me all these life skills all my life. Let me teach you this game and let's play together. And to be willing to say, let's just play the first few months open-handed. Because yeah, there's a lot to it. There really is. And you just play with your tiles face up and he can tell us, oh, I wouldn't discard that tile. I'd play this for this reason. And be, oh, I didn't see that. As, right. you're, as you're learning the rules and the complexities of that, I just think it's so, so fun. And like you were mentioning earlier, how the kids have bought some games on Kickstarter. Yeah. So we even have played some games that are not well known at all. Right. And are super, super fun to play. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I just don't even know where they've found some of these games. Yeah. But people are creating these rules and different opportunities for people to play and come together. And it's just a, it's a very exciting time in games, I think, and play. I think so, too. And a lot of the stores you know, now have play areas where you can go in and play the games. Sometimes they'll let you actually try out those games, right? Right. Yep. You go in, you pick one off of their shelf that is open stock and you play it. And then if you like it, they probably have it there to purchase as well, which right. is the intention. Exactly. Gotta but got to support them. You yep. can try a lot of different types of games without owning them. Or bringing them home. Because some of these more complex, really artistically beautiful games are very expensive. They're, oh, not, yeah. they're not cheap. You can easily drop $50 to $100 on a, on a game. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of games out there, a lot to explore. We could probably talk for a long time if we listed all the games we've played. But Those are just some of our favorites at the moment. The pandemic has really changed the way that we play games because we could no longer get together all the time with the people that we would normally hang out with, right? And so it really changed the face of, boy, what are we going to do? Are we going to gather, not gather, smaller groups, snow groups? I mean, we used to have so many people over playing games and then it was us. Yeah. And just to try to get creative, like, are there ways we could still connect playing games by being apart. Right. Yeah. So we were so used to it with your college friends and their families getting together every New Year's and we would play games for two days straight. At least. Yeah, at least. Gaming and eating and sleeping was, was pretty much the activities. And then the pandemic came and, and we couldn't do it anymore. And so that really presented a challenge, I think, to all of us is that, boy, we're really not only missing the relational time together, right? Uh, spending time hanging out, talking, catching up, but also the playing games. Yeah. That was tough. 
And so we did find some ways to combat that. Like you were just talking about Play 9 was one of the group's favorite games because we just can all talk and socialize at that point. And so what Tanner and I did to, to make it work is that we actually set up a, a six-foot table and put a webcam over the top and we laid out a grid of cards and put people's names there. And we would actually then have multiple camera angles and we'd be talking over Zoom and we'd say, okay, what which card do you want to flip? Do you want to draw? Do you want to replace? What do you want to do? The game took like forever. <laughs> we, yeah, and we certainly didn't play as many rounds as we normally did because New Year's went to a Zoom format. Yeah. And then we were like, well, how are we going to do this important piece of New Year's, which is playing the games? And (laughs) you guys got super creative. And I think it really satisfied all of us that, hey, we at least did do that traditional we got it that in. We, we, we played a little play nine, so therefore it's New Year's. Right, exactly. Yeah, that validated it, right? Yeah, <laughs> for sure. I think one thing, we were lucky that we were all together in the house, so we were not alone. Let's just say that, right, right during right. the pandemic. So, so we, had each, we had each other. One fun thing that we did start to do is we played pokemon go on our phones yes so, yep. <laughs> so which is not really something i'd that you and i would have done but the kids were kind of into it and so we when we felt like getting some fresh air we would go out we'd walk to our local park which has soccer fields and a concession stand and you know lots of areas and a whole bunch of stuff unbeknownst to us for pokemon go right the, the game on your phone. So we would just walk around and individually play and then play against a boss together. Right. Or yeah, whatever. Take a gym. Yeah. That was, that was super fun. Yeah. It was, it was, it was just fun to be out together and doing something like that. And it was unique. I mean, the timing was perfect for Pokemon Go on that, I think to, to come out, that was pretty ingenious to get people out and doing those kind of things. So yeah, that was a lot of fun. Another thing in the pandemic was Jackbox. Now, Jackbox has been around for quite a while, but you and I had not played it. But it made sense because Jackbox is an online game that you can play on your TV set. You can play on your phone. I mean, I mean, you can hook it up to your TV is what we did so we could all see the screen. You can play all these different games together when you're apart. So we did that at New Year's as well. But we also did that just in general with other friends. We'd say, hey, Let's play Jackbox tonight because you're at your house, we're at our house, but we can still play together. So then we would have Zoom going on in the background so we could have the conversation and still see each other, but we'd still be playing on our phones. And I think our kids really enjoyed playing Jackbox together. Um, At first, we just played on our TV and we were all in the living room together. Mm -hmm. But eventually restrictions loosened up and two of our kids went back to college at that time for their classes. And then they would text us just on an afternoon or an evening and say, Hey, my roommates and I are looking for something to do. Are you guys up for some Jackbox games? And so we'd tune in and play a little with the college kids. It gave them an opportunity to play a game with us. Right. Just like they would if they were in town. And to connect at home. And then we were connecting with their friends as well. They're like, your parents are going to play games with us? And our kids would always say, oh, yeah, we play lots of games as a family. So it was a great way to role model and to play really fun games. Yeah. Yeah, that was good. So 
we had to be creative definitely uh, through the, the heat of the, the depth of the pandemic for sure. Because right? we've always liked to play party games. I mean, yeah. with our youth work and other kinds of groups we've been involved with, we've always tried to find games to play in a room full of people, whether it's charades or hangman or, you know, those kinds of games where an entire room could play. Mm-hmm. And probably one of the most well-known party games would be Apples to Apples, if right. people are familiar with with that one. But there's lots of others. We um, came to love Telestrations. Yes. Which is sort of like uh, you draw, so you, you're guessing um, – What's that other game that you play that's drawing? Pictionary. Pictionary, yeah. Pictionary yeah. is a party game. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Yeah. That early yeah. party game. An very early, earlier than apples to apples, right. really. Yeah. I, mean, I hadn't even thought of that one until. But, but Telestrations is you're, you're drawing and then you're passing little notebooks. But it's a whole room of people can, if you get the party set. Yeah, party set, you can play 12 people. Yeah. And so that was a lot of fun in, in youth group. We played that. But also with our friends playing this game because, boy, I tell you, some of my drawings are, are very uh, – Caveman like. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> it's good for a really good laugh for yeah, for sure. Yeah. Because it's kind of like the telephone game. You're looking to see how the original yeah. thing that you're supposed to draw looks at the end. And so then we would all share it and we'd see what how a crazy many, path. It how many through. iterations it went through and now it looks like something totally different. Right. Or, or some would stay exactly the same. So then the question is, are those people really good artists? Or was right. that an easier concept to draw? Yeah. Yeah. Which one is it? Yeah. What is it? <laughs> it's a lot of party games out there, right? I think, too, you know, with with kids uh, being away from home now and, and other things and, and other friends that we have, you know, distance then is part of it, too, right? So there's a lot of ways to bridge that distance, like with Jackbox, uh, finding other Zoom games out. There's a lot of other types of games like that that you can play together and where you don't have to be together. And I think what really helped, I I think, with me, with the kids is that, um, you know, I play computer games with them online. And so that's been a lot of fun since, you know, we've got kids in different locations now. Um, We go online and we play together. And you've done that too. Yeah, it's, I've played it, a few. Yeah, yeah it's, it's been a good time. So we get on uh, so Discord. And so for those of you who don't know what Discord is, it's basically it's an online computer-type phone would be the easiest way I could explain it. It's like the old-fashioned party line where you can have a bunch of people on there at the same time. And you set up this chat and you're all talking through your computer then uh, with each other. So it's like Zoom, that kind of thing, except you don't have the camera going. Uh, It's just all audio, so you're speaking. So you'll be playing a game together and you can all communicate at the same time. So these are more PC games. PC games, right. So for your computer and you have a headset with a microphone. Exactly. And you're exchanging and talking and laughing. And so there's just, a t- you know, you can play any multiplayer type game that way. And there's so many. Uh, some of the ones that we're playing now that we have fun with is uh, Golf with Friends. Again, it's another one of those relaxing, low impact kind of thing where you're playing putt-putt golf and you can set up all these crazy uh, rules where you can have your your ball no longer be round. It could be egg shaped. It could be square. Could be, <laughs> and different gravity rules. And there's all these different courses that are set up that are just a lot of fun. But it's it's casual play, just like you're outside playing putt putt. 
obviously you're not doing it together that way, but you're still able to laugh and to play these games together. And, uh, and it can be frustrating at times because you just can't get that ball and it takes you 20 strokes to get it in or whatever. <laughs> well, the kids are a little more dexterous with their yeah, keyboarding takes, skills. You know, takes you, practice and mouse. Yeah, you're pretty good with a joystick, but this, right, co- right. But the computer PC games, you arrow and, you know, yeah, yeah. Learn, learning, uh, learning the key commands are a little bit challenging, but it takes practice like anything else. And so, so that's fun. We've been playing, uh, Deep Rock Galactic, that's been a lot of fun. Been doing that. We've done some Sea of Thieves. And, and, the, and the list just goes on and on and on. There are so many different types of games that you can play together. But, but the point is to play together, right? I, yeah. And I think uh, one of the things that has been really good for our young adult kids is that they've still been able, during the pandemic, to connect with their friends. Right. Or some of their friends now that they've graduated college, have jobs in different cities. And they have, Caleb has game night with his buddies. Yeah. And they, they play, they get on the same Discord channel and they play once a week, at, for sure, at least. And so it's a great way to stay connected to other people. It's a little less isolating. It when really you, is. When you have more restrictions like that. And it's a great way to still play games with the people that you care about, that you've maybe had that relationship or that's been part of your part of your social life together is playing these games. That's a great way to stay connected. And, and it, and it that takes community. that takes that commitment to do that, right? It, it's another intentional thing that we have to do because we could just go about our lives um, just and, you know, kids have moved out and then we could do our own thing or we can be intentional about doing things with other people, be it our kids, be it our friends or whatever. And when you do so, that's how we can continue those relationships. We can make them stronger. You know, we're not drifting apart. The pandemic is not going to separate us. We still have the ability to do these things and to, you know, to reach out. You know, I've always liked computer games, but to play them with our kids has been just a huge bonus to me that I am still connected. They are still connected. They want you to play. They, they want, want you to join in. Exactly. And, and so that's that's huge, a great way to be connected. So uh, be intentional about getting together and playing games. And now it's time for word of the day. All right, here we go. Buckle up. It's a word I've used before, but not for a long time. Uh, Maybe you've used it. Who knows? The word is bamboozle. I like that one. It's kind of fun. Yeah, it sounds fun. Yeah, the way it rolls off the tongue. Not really. (laughs) (laughs) Or not. I'm going to bamboozle. So what does that mean? Well, from the Webster's 1913 Public Domain Edition, it says, to deceive by trickery, to cajole by confusing the senses, to hoax, to mystify, to humbug. So as I think about this and game playing, playing together, Sometimes there is a bit of trickery involved. You need to sometimes be maybe a little confusing or deceptive in your gameplay to hold your position. I mean, there's certain games where you are definitely playing against the group. and some of the cooperative games, you're actually working against the group. And so you might need to bamboozle the other players. So try to use that in a, in a sentence today. Have some fun with that. Or this week. Or this Give week. yourself a few days. <laughs> right. 
Thanks for joining us today. We hope that this episode encourages you to explore ways to deepen and strengthen your relationships. If you enjoyed this podcast, be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts or listen to us on our website, connectingwithma.com. Remember to hit the like button and tell a friend.